have made a decision. Uh, you're gonna quit smoking. I don't smoke, so. Uh, was that one time you had a cigarette? Uh, that was. Neither of us truly. That was a while that. ago, and we you were pretty know. drunk. I was yes. Well, Saint, so were Saint you. Saint Patty's don't, Day had its way you, with you. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, I've decided I got to take some sort of like probiotic or something because I'm I'm sick again. I'm sick again, Smoking and it will seems do that. that's like every uh, <laughs> shut you, <laughs> shut up. I. <laughs> Honestly, and I don't mean to sound like this guy that's like bringing up this stuff and like the conspiracy, like you know, whatever. But like, I, I, I've never been the type of person who gets sick a lot until I got COVID. And after I got COVID, it's like every six weeks, like clock, I can set my watch to when I'm going to be sick. It's just, it's, yeah. So I got to get, I got to get it on like some sort of, you know, Something. Hey, Maybe I just need more of kids. you in my life. No. No. <laughs> no. It's that dirty it's, city uh, you live in. It is. Uh, you know, and, and honestly, I felt we went downtown. We went downtown. We were at the CN Tower. We are at, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, uh, you know, tens of thousands of tourists every day. <clears throat> and so... um and then it was literally like a day and a half after that that I was like, "Uh oh, yeah. you got to you got to move into the country, get you some of that country air." And I do like I like wash my hands, and so it's not like I'm like touching. I'm you know I'm not out there like licking railings. I'm just you know. Well, there was that one time on St. Patrick's Day when you were really on that way that I licked that railing. Yeah, <laughs> you're an asshole. Um, hello and welcome to the Movie Men Podcast, the V Team. <laughs> mm, that's Carl, <laughs> and uh, that's Brady. Oh, you switched yeah. it up again, you dirty rat! Yeah, I almost well, said that. Uh, I'm Carl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got to keep, keep you on me your on toes. My toes. <laughs> Welcome to our weekly news show. I am under the weather, so if I sound not <clears throat> honey smooth, then then I apologize. Um, it is what it is, and I may cough occasionally. So, you know. At least I have my, I sort of have my voice back now. This is the first time in like years that I was like flat out whispering for a couple of days because I just had no voice. It was, mm. uh, it was rough. Uh, listen, before we jump into, witch. yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, before we jump into last week's news or the news from the last week, um, I want to hand the floor to you because you sent me a message the other day. And I'm going to use the word perturbed. You seemed a little bent out of shape in terms of uh, four green comrades. My dudes. And, uh, and, and yeah, you were a little, little perturbed. Homies. Yeah. So, so set the floor. Tell us what your thoughts are. Just, just, just lay it out there. All right. Yeah. Okay. So I ended up seeing the latest... Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie trailer, the new animated one that was coming out. Wow, you watched a trailer and I didn't even send it to you. Yeah, it was. Well, it's the it's the turtles, man. I mean, I love the turtles. Yeah. There, I didn't watch a lot of like I had cow cable, so there weren't a lot of shows I was able to watch uh, growing up. 
and I didn't have right. a, a, a very diverse variety of action figures because my parents weren't didn't have a lot of money, and I didn't have a lot of money as a kid because I was a kid. But I did have a number of Ninja Turtle toys, and I did watch quite a bit of Ninja Turtles. So they're dear to my heart. And, yeah, I just I wanted to watch this trailer. And? Um, and I... As I was watching, it's animated, so not, like, I don't really care one way or the other about the animation, I don't think. Um, like, the last... I mean, it's a, it's, it's a unique animation style. Yeah, like, a quick, quick kind of look at TMNT on the silver screen. We've had three live-action Ninja Turtles movies... The first two are kind of looked at and seen as kind of amazing. The third one, where they kind of traveled through time, was a little off the beat for, for most people. And then the next time we see them, it was an animated flick years mm. later. From uh, 2007 is when it was. Yeah. And uh, not a lot of people liked it. I thought it was pretty cool. I thought it was kind of a interesting take on the turtles kind of the turtles years later a little bit more grown up and uh all that sorry i'm trying to find the uh most recent i mean would you consider the two the reboot series the 2014 and the 2016 one those i mean they're technically live action they're the the turtles themselves are not no, but it's a live I, I would, action. I would film. call it as it's. I yeah, I would call it live action, even though the turtles are animated or CG. Um, but uh, I thought those ones were they were good. They were. I think they were passable. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Anyway, so yeah, I seen this recent one, and there were a few things that kind of. Kind of, I kind of went, huh? Okay, that's that's different, but it didn't bother me. Like Splinter seems like kind of he's like he's old and feeble, right? Or feeble is that the right word? Infeeble, feeble? I don't know. He's he's like he never gets out of his chair in the trailer. He's got like he's like an old man in a chair, and mm-hmm. he's played by Jackie Chan, which I think is a good fit. And so that was kind of interesting, but because for for pretty much every iteration of splinter we've seen thus far you know he's he's still capable even though he's old he's kind of like yoda right so if he's if he's if he's never gets out of his chair throughout the whole movie because he's too old i think that'd be all right i mean but anyway the thing that really got my goat got me going kind of made me flip the table and just go oh no this is gonna suck was when I seen Seth Rogen's name come up across the screen. <laughs> right. Not just playing Bebop, but also written by and produced by. Yeah. Like this is this is Seth Rogen's movie in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's yeah. It makes me really sad. Uh because yeah, a lot of stuff he's touched in recent years is bad. Yeah. Bad, bad, bad. Now, some of people might go, but Mario movie. He's in the Mario movie. He's donkey. Yeah, but he didn't do the role justice at all. 
He literally just did his voice. There's, uh, I can't remember where I seen it. It was either an interview or somebody talking about how he got the role. And he was essentially offered the role of Donkey Kong. And he told the person offering him the role saying, okay, but I'm not doing any stupid voices. I'm just going to talk. I'm going to use my own voice. It's like, are you what? How? And then on top of that, you look at all the promotional material where all the other actors are on the red carpet for the film or whatever. And they all have some kind of getup that's similar to the character they're voicing, right? Like, Jack Black on the red carpet and he's got like a a Bowser turtle shell sewn on the back of his tux. That's so yeah. cool. And what did what Seth Rogen do? <laughs> Nothing. The guy doesn't care. He doesn't give a crap. So I my my hopes for this movie are quickly circling the drain. The water's almost gone. I'm really I'm bummed about it and disappointed and I wish this guy would stop doing stuff and just hide in a shelter somewhere i mean <clears throat> so two things two thoughts i have one is i'm not a seth rogan fan it just never have been i don't find like the the stoner comedy genre it it doesn't do anything for me um he was good in the fablemans which was the most recent um steven spielberg sort of the autobiographical film that Steven Spielberg did. So if you haven't seen the Fablemans, I would check it out. Um, it's a, it's a dramatic role, not a comedic role. And he's, he's pretty good in it. Um, and then aside from our favorite Seth Rogen moment, which is him in, um, what was it? The, uh, a night before or whatever that com- Christmas comedy that he did with Joseph Gordon Levitt and, and Anthony Mackie. Yeah. I'm not a, I'm not a yeah. I'm not a Seth Rogen guy. The other thing I will say though, and this is kind of discredits me from really having much of an opinion here. I I could take or leave the the, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like I just it, you know, I know it just wasn't I didn't grow up with it. It was certainly around when I was growing up, but it just didn't like I was never pulled to it. It wasn't it wasn't one of the shows or the movies that I watched as a kid. And so I just, you know, now at 30, I'm like, okay, yeah, there's an animated thing coming out about Ninja Turtles. Like I okay. Like I I just don't care. I could take or leave the Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. And so yeah, that's that's kinda that's kind of, you know, I'm certainly not going to see this thing in theaters. Nah, I'm probably not going to anymore. That my hype for it is dead. Yeah. Like um, I, you know, I may watch like, it if it hits streaming then sure, great. And this like we've talked about before how kind of interpretations or changing up a uh an, an IP uh, modernizing it, whatever, telling it from a different angle, new story, kind of changing the characters a little bit. We've talked ad nauseum about different things, especially with the MCU and different things. But here's like, when you're making these movies, superhero movies 
or any any movie, any movie that has an existing fan base, that is your target audience. Those people that care about that IP are your main, should be your main target audience. The movie should still appeal to others outside of the target audience so that it gets, draws a bigger audience and more people go and watch it. But the fans of the IP before the movie hits the screen are the ones that are going to really push it, really like share it on their social medias, drag their friends to watch it. Like if I was really excited about this film at this right now, I would be pushing for you to watch it and us to review it day one. That's, that's one person who was never going to see the film that is now going to go see the film in on, on the silver screen, right? Like fans are the ones who, who should be the main audience and Seth Rogen doesn't care about that. Right. Right. Uh, the, the people making the Witcher TV show, they don't care about that. Like, and there's, there's like a big list of films that have come out and that are probably going to continue to come out where they're not looking at the core audience of this, of those franchises. They're, they're trying to reach new people, which, okay, that's fine. But when you, when you first, when, when you, when you honor the source material and you make it for, make the, make the original fans happy, you end up with something like the super Mario movie, which does insanely well at the box office because the core fans, even though you changed a few things, they still think it's amazing because you, you treated the, the material with respect. And the one, I, the I, one I'm difference, very doubtful. This one will be any good because the one difference reasons. I will say is like when it comes to like, if this were a live action Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, um, and it was kind of being marketed or like, you know, the idea behind it was that this is sort of a a return to the OG Ninja Turtles, then I would 100% agree. I think, I think there's a difference between this and the Mario movie. And I think that for something like this, for an animated Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, specifically for a property like this, I would say that um, that the the fans of the source material, which, I mean, if we want to get really technical, there has been no Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles made from the source material because the original source material is like a black and white Sin City-style super violent comic book. Like... The OG, OG source material. But anyways, um, when you have a film like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and it's animated and it's being made by Nickelodeon and you have you have a property like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles who, let's be honest, the majority of kids today don't like there's not a massive kid fan like in in the realm of kids mutant ninja turtles is not as hot as it once was 
right? Yep. And so I think a film like this, the reason you make those changes, the reasons you kind of modernize it is because the goal of, like, for the people making this film, the goal of this film is to introduce a whole new generation to get a whole new generation hooked on the Mutant Ninja Turtles. Right. Whereas with Super Mario, you don't have that issue, right? There's like... there's five-year-olds out there that are sitting with a Nintendo Switch playing Mario Maker, right? Like, Mario is still, still in the yeah, lexicon and a, in the, you know. An audience from a young age. And I don't disagree with your point, but your point only validates mine more. Because if you're trying to reach a whole – and there have been cartoons. Like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles has always had a cartoon on the on the air. The, the the absence of TMNT on on the little screen in your home on a Saturday morning, there's there's only ever been a few year gap between iterations. But anyway, your point only validates my more in that if you're trying to get a new audience, so we're talking like under the age of say thirteen here. Is if that's that's what you're saying? This is geared going to be targeted at under 13s, kids. I would I would think so. Right. Yeah. Okay. Fair. I I agree with that. That's that's the target audience here. Who's taking them? The parents. The parents. But pa- but parents are going to take them. Like I, but if par- I had a kid, even if I'm not a teenage mutant ninja turtle fan, if I had a kid my chances of taking my kid to this movie would still go up because sometimes you're just looking for something like you're just looking for movies you can take your kids to, right? Like I'm not a Paw Patrol's fan. I'm going to take my kid to go see a Paw Patrol thing. If, if they've seen the trailer and, and their friends at school are talking about it and, and they seem into it. Right. But you, you are, you are going, even if your kid has never seen a trailer or isn't interested in TMNT and you grew up with it, you are taking them to see this movie. That's what I'm saying. Like, uh, yeah, you, if you it's honor good, the like source I, like material, you, said, you honor your you honor what came before, and the people that loved what came before will help promote the new. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. And when you when you don't honor what came before, when you trash on it in your new movie or. Well, I don't then, know that they're trashing. Like, no, what are they I, trashing? and I can't. I'm not saying that they're doing that here. Right. I'm just seeing Seth Rogen, and I've got a hate on for him right now. So you're, you're cautiously. Yeah, it's it's oh, more than cautiously. I'm I'm completely turned off. <laughs> yeah. All right. So there we go. That's. I just wanted to get to the bottom of that and figure out, you know, what the deal was. And yeah. Okay. Because you're like, oh man, the new. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie is super underwhelming. And I'm like, I'm sorry, the one that doesn't come out till August? Like, what are we talking about here? Did you get, did you, you son of a gun, did you get some sort of like advanced screening thing? I saw it early. (laughs) And didn't take the person who you should probably take more than anyone else, considering what we do on a weekly basis, you (laughs) bastard. But no, no, no. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Before we get into the news, there's one more off the top that I want to talk about, and that is the trailer for a little film coming out that I had not heard of until I saw the trailer for the very first time, 
Um, and then I sent it to you and you seem to have an overly enthusiastic response to it. And so that's interesting because, you know, I kind of kind of want to talk about that. It's a trailer for a movie called Hidden Strike starring Chucky Chan and John Cena. And as soon as I clicked on this trailer, like in- before clicking on this trailer, I saw who was in it and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> like, here we go. Um, I've become, I, you know, I, I'll be honest, I never used to be a big John Cena fan. I just kind of initially, when he first hit the scene, I was like, all right, like another wrestler that's trying to be an actor, like, yeah. Okay. He's very charismatic. Um, <laughs> but he's, he's won me over. Yeah. He's won me over. His portrayal of Peacemaker, I think, was a large part of that. <laughs> yeah. Um, because he was fantastic not only in the Suicide Squad but in the Peacemaker TV series, um, yeah. But yeah, so I would I, say I was in super terms on board of, for of like wrestlers coming to the becoming actors, like Batista's done it the best. Like he's got to be the best actor, former wrestler. I would say John Cena's second, not a close second, but definitely second. You'd put Dwayne Johnson third. Eh? Oh yeah. Those oh yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, think... I might even put him fourth. I seen a trailer recently that had Shawn Michaels in it for some B movie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think as far as level of fame, Dwayne Johnson's been the most successful. Yeah. Um, but as far as like acting ability, yeah, I Dave Batista for sure, for sure. Um. So, anyways, I watched this trailer. And when it started out, I was instantly sucked in. I was like, yes, this is this is that sort of this is how I want to see Jackie Chan. First of all, I want to see Jackie Chan, because I don't see enough of Jackie Chan. Yeah. And he looks amazing. For his age? <laughs> yeah. The, the guy's amazing. Like, let me pull this up, because I, I am not one hundred percent sure how old Jackie I guess Chan. He's in his seventies. He's 69. Yeah, just about. Just about 69 years old. And he's the guy's just like, he looks amazing. Yeah. Looks amazing. Um, Especially for all the injuries he's taken over the years. Oh, yeah. But I was just sucked right in because I was like, this is how I want to see Jackie Chan. This kind of feels like Rush Hour without Chris Tucker and a little more military-esque. Like, it, it has that buddy comedy thing yeah, right rush like the hour shanghai or, uh, what was the western one they did shanghai shanghai, shanghai nights Noon, the kind of buddy cop you yeah. get the straight kind of more straight laced guy and then you get jackie chan yeah. or jackie chan is the straight laced and you get the goofy other side yeah but i gotta be honest with you the more this trailer went on the more it lost me really where I just felt like the jokes weren't landing for me. Hmm. And the action was kind of limited. Limit I thought the action and, was like way over the top. And I just sort of like everything that I kind of you know before I even clicked on it or as I was clicking on it everything that that you know the 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 promise of Jackie Chan and John Cena in an action comedy together. Everything that that promises, I just felt like 
at least for me, the trailer continued to fail to deliver that. So I maybe I need to rewatch it. Maybe I was in a funk when I watched it. I don't know. Uh, but like I said, I put it on and it just didn't, you know, I'm still excited for it. It's just a trailer. It's just a trailer, right? We've seen shitty trailers for amazing movies. We've seen amazing <sighs> trailers for shitty movies. So ultimately the trailer doesn't mean it's going to be a good movie, a bad movie, you know, blah, blah, blah. But uh, this first trailer isn't doing it for me. It sounds like you had the total opposite experience. So tell me what your thoughts are on this trailer. Oh, I, I mean, I I am an action movie junkie. So, you know, big explosions, crazy gunfights, driving, chase scenes. Yeah, Jackie, Jackie Chan doing his thing. Like, oh, man, yes. And the... the the yeah i don't know what you're talking about the action like uh, the action in this seems over the top like the trucks flipping over other trucks kind of stuff not um, when i say truck i mean like semi truck flipping backwards over another semi truck (laughs) like this is this is insane (laughs) yeah and i that was i mean that was another part of it is i just thought the cgi like there's even this shot where like they're just pouring oil and you just see them like pouring oil out of this hose and i'm like that oil looks like it looks like 2010 video game graphics like it just the cgi in this trailer and maybe the cgi is not done and they're showing us like half finished stuff. I don't know, yeah. but it just like it really sucked me out of it. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it seems like a, a kind of shut your mind off, go to another world, enjoy some goofy fun action to me, <laughs> which is just yeah. great. Yeah, I like I like um, I like the kind of films that that are kind of serious and deep and have meaning to them as much as Pete does. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you, how can you beat an awesome action popcorn flick where you just sit down and forget the world exists for two hours? So, I don't know. This is, this looks great to me. All right. Okay, moving on to our first actual news topic for today. It was announced back at Star Wars Celebration Actually, a bunch of Star Wars films were announced, and it kind of seemed like, I don't know, something felt different about the announcements this time. Like, for the last, for the longest time, every time Star Wars has made an announcement, we've sort of been trained to, as fans, go, okay, sure, I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. <laughs> like, it just, when it's I'm been... sitting in the theater, then I'll believe you made the film. maybe maybe at that point i'll believe it um but something i don't know something this time just felt different to me i i i believed it i believed that okay this is this is what they're doing they're taking action kathleen kennedy's stepping down like we're, we're getting serious about star wars here and one of the films that they announced they announced a couple right one was a a High Republic era Star Wars film. One was like a 25,000 years in the past 
origins of the force. I assume we'll see, you know, the okay. first Hang Jedi's on. go to. Whoa, whoa. Hang on. I, <clears throat> you really, you shocked me there with some news that I had just, you literally just heard. And I had, I Googled it just to like fact check you. <laughs> okay. The, Kat, the Kathleen Kennedy is resigning. She's out. Oh, you and I have talked about that. No, we didn't. We've talked We've, about there's all oh, there's been have. rumors about it for years, but not nothing has been confirmed. I will go back and I will find I the timestamp. I will find I, the timestamp of you and I talking about this back in the fall. We oh, talked no. about it. I would have remembered how, that. I would how we how and it it sort of seemed that like by mid mid spring early summer that she would make her departure, but we didn't know for sure. We, we, and that, yeah, it was, it was still conjecture. It wasn't, there was nothing confirmed. Uh, it, and we've it talked was about like, like who would replace her, but I yeah, don't think it was, it was like 99. I, I will find it next week. I will have found the timestamp right. and we'll, we'll, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so anyways, um, one of the films that were announced was uh, a 15 years after the rise of Skywalker film uh, featuring Ray kind of building up the new, the new era of Jedi, right? Because much to what Luke said in, in the last Jedi is time for the Jedi to end, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, turns out he was wrong. And I think we all knew that he was kind of, you know, the Jedi aren't going to end. Um, but maybe it's time for a huge shift in what that structure looks like. Um, and so, yeah. So we have a Ray film coming starring Daisy Ridley. And <clears throat> it seems to me like a Ray film would open itself up pretty perfectly to feature one Luke Skywalker as a force ghost, right? He's, he's the one that has kind of trained Ray and, and he's his, he's her real connection to, to the force into this Jedi world and stuff like that. And, and he appears in the rise of Skywalker as a force ghost for her. So it just kind of, I don't know, makes sense. Well, Mark Hamill was recently doing an interview with CBS Sunday Morning. And they asked him, you know, hey, you got this upcoming upcoming thing happening in Star Wars, all these Star Wars movies coming. Um, are you are we going to see Luke Skywalker again? And Mark Hamill said, I had my time. And that's good. But that's enough. And it sounds like the interviewer was not super, like, was not hap willing to just sort of take that as the answer and kind of not prod it a little further and be like, okay, but could Luke return? <laughs> like, give us some glimmer of hope. And Mark Hamill said, well, you never say never. I just don't see any reason to. Let me put it that way. I mean, they have so many stories to tell. They don't need Luke anymore. Um, he also said in another interview right around the same time that like he feels like, because he's out there promoting the machine right now, um, so he's yeah. doing a lot of interviews, and he said, you know, that 
it feels very like it 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 feels very clear that the point of the sequel series was to pass the torch from their characters onto new characters and that he feels like that torch has been passed and that you know like it that's so why bring me back? We've passed the torch. It's done. It's oh, like tell new stories. You don't. The Skywalker thing is yeah. done. <clears throat> um, you, you know, I, me, I'm gonna stay dead. <laughs> yeah, I sort of. I I don't know. I I believe that Mark Hamill has no intention of returning. I just don't know how much of this is. Um, I don't know how much of this is him thinking that they're not going to ask him and how much of it is him thinking they might ask me, but I'm still so butthurt about them not doing what I wanted them to do in the sequel series that screw them, I'm not going to return. Because at the end of the day, like, you know, you and I have talked about this and obviously we've still yet to have our debate episode that we're going to have um and we're on opposite sides of the fence about how they portrayed luke in in the sequel trilogy whether or not that was consistent with og luke but at the end of the day what you and i have talked about we've both agreed on and 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 there isn't really a debate here is that as much as you look at mark hamill and you think to yourself, well, I mean, that's Luke Skywalker. Mark Hamill is Luke Skywalker. Luke Skywalker is Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill, at the end of the day, is a hired actor. He's labor. Right. <clears throat> just like any other actor is. And and just like any other actor, I mean, sometimes a film will give you a say. Sometimes a director, sometimes, you know, whatever. Um, but at the end of the day... Mark Hamill has no rights to have any say when it comes to how they're going to write and and what the character's going to look like. If he yeah. signs a contract, he says, I'm going to be in this film, and and all of a sudden the director says, well, we're going to have your character, you know, gun down a bunch of people, and you go, whoa, 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 my character wouldn't do that. Well, I, you're an actor. <laughs> you You have a job here. Do, yeah. do your job. Yeah. Um, and so I understand, you know, Mark Hamill was, he didn't like the way they took it. Um, but I will, I am going to use the term butthurt because as much as I'm a fan of Mark Hamill, my response is also tough. <clears throat> well, Get Mark over Hamill's it. opinion is, is of the character is the same as yours and mine on this kind of, topic right like <clears throat> exactly he's been in an interview where it, and it's been cut a number of different ways like people who are kind of my camp of thinking about luke skywalker have cut and shared <clears throat> the the film where or the this interview where luke or sorry <laughs> where mark hamill <clears throat> says you know I seen what they were doing, the character. And I said to Ryan, Luke wouldn't do this. This isn't who Luke is, you know, like this isn't, this isn't how it should be done. And then they'll still cut it there. But 
the he goes on. To he say. continues to talk in the interview, and yeah. and he voices pretty much essentially what you had said. He, he in the interview he continues on to say, "But Ryan didn't," and he said, "No, this is this is the direction we're going, and these were my reasons." Whatever Ryan said, whatever the he Mark said in the interview, and he, he continues on to essentially say, "You know, like at the end of the just day, I'm playing." Luke, and this is what they want to do with Luke, and I'm an actor, and I don't own the character. So, you know, the consummate – is that the right – how way to use that word? Consummate professional that he is. Constant – I'll just use the word constant. Constant professional that Mark Hamill is played the role to the best of his ability the way the director asked for him, even though he disagreed. Right now, a good director, Ryan Johnson isn't. <coughs> well, you know, he's a good director. Just not. I'm sorry. Have you not seen the Knives Out series? I've seen Knives Out. No, I'll take that back. He's a good director, but he he he's, he wasn't a good director for cho- choice for Star Wars. I'll say. But anyway, my opinion aside, <laughs> I forgot where I was going with this rant. <laughs> Is it, I, yeah, I don't know. But like like um. Yeah, it. Oh, that's where it was. A, a good director will listen to and take heed of somebody who knows the character better, even if whether that's the actor, whether that's the cameraman, whether that's you know what I mean. Like, yeah, I would um, argue though. Uh, his name's skipping my mind right now. Um, uh, Force Unleashed. Who's he play? Guy. Uh, Oh, um, played Darth Maul's voice. Um, yep. Yep. I'm horrible with names. You know, like he's, he's got lots of stories where, you know, he's, he's been doing a role and whether it's his character or someone else's character and he, he speaks up and he talks to the director and he's like, uh, Sam this character wouldn't do that. Or this character's already met this character. So you need to rewrite the screen just because he's got such a deep fan yep deep lore fan knowledge of star Wars. So, right. So like the director should listen to somebody who knows a lot about the character and so there's a potentially make some though. changes, but at the end of the day, it's still the directors and the studios final decision. So the difference here though, is that Sam Witwer before ever being involved in star Wars, was a massive Star Wars fan. Was it was a Star Wars nerd? Yeah. And then got involved in Star Wars, right? Sure. And was like, I this is amazing. And it is it's sort of this well-known thing and fans don't like to admit this and it breaks fans' hearts every time something like this happens, whether it's Star Wars, whether it's Star Trek, whether it's Back to the Future, whether it's it, whatever it is. Right, one of these like Comic Con level fandom things, where you've got Mark Hamill, you've got Christopher Lloyd, you've got Harrison Ford, you've got whoever's sitting there, and you ask them a deep rooted because you're the fans and you're talking about this and you're talking about like xyz and and debating this topic within Star Wars and and whatever, and so you're like, you know what? This is a Han Solo question. It's a question about Han Solo and the Millennium Falcon. And so we're going to ask Harrison Ford this question. We're going to ask Mark Hamill this this Luke Skywalker essential question. 
And and they ask the question, and Harrison Ford or or Mark Hamill or whoever says, I I I don't I like I don't know. I I don't even remember like I don't remember. <laughs> like I you know, I, I I'm not we're not enriched in these details and and blah blah blah. And it and it breaks fans' hearts. Right? The fact that Christopher Lloyd can't answer questions about the flux capacitor and blah 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 because he doesn't know and or care. And so that's not to say that Mark Hamill doesn't care about Luke Skywalker, but it is it is to say that you know, before Mark Hamill was involved in Star Wars. He wasn't a Star Wars fan, obviously, because there was no Star Wars. And and there's been, like, you can go online and see times where, you know, it's obvious. Like, the fans know way more about Star Wars. The fans know way more about Luke Skywalker than Mark Ham- than Luke Skywalker does. Because it's so right. He reads yeah. the stuff off the page and he acts it. And Ryan Johnson before being involved in Star Wars was a massive Star Wars fan. And so I it's again it's you know I'm not getting into the semantics of like did did Ryan Johnson know better did blah 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 but what I will say is that like it, you know I think you have to be careful in giving Mark Hamill too much credit when it comes to knowing the character. Yes, he's portrayed the character but he certainly hasn't read all the comics. He certainly hasn't read all the novels. He certainly hasn't played all the video games. He certainly, right? And so, like, when it comes down to the nitty-gritty of, like, what is true to a character and what isn't, you know, I would say there are few exceptions to this rule, but quite often the person playing the role is not I, the ideal authority on the on the character. The one exception that I can think of would be when it came to Kevin Conroy voicing Batman. Kevin Conroy knew that character inside and out. Like, you know, he'd been voicing it several times a year. You know, it, it, like, even if he wasn't fully employed, you know, recording Batman episodes every week, he was either in a video game or he was in, you know, like, whatever it was, nonstop for, like, 30 years. <laughs> so, like, you know, it, he knew that character very well. And he was a comic fan. Like, he was reading the comics and he was, you know, doing whatever. But, like, you get these, you know, like, Mark Hamill, I'd be very interested to find out and it, it, you know, maybe it's recently, but it might not be, and it might surprise a lot of people. Oh, when's the last time Mark Hamill watched Star Wars? It could be like six, seven, eight, ten years, right? Like it's, yeah. it's just you make, not. You make a good point, and I would, yeah. I would concede some ground on that point. Um, but <clears throat> yeah, we don't, we don't know Mark Hamill's predilection to. What no, we media don't. He consumes how big of a fan he is of Star Wars. <clears throat> I would say, <clears throat> I, I, I would even say that the, the same thing would go for Ryan Johnson. I don't know how big of a fan he is of Star Wars. Like everybody who's on, who's been in, in Star Wars would, would probably um, call themselves a fan of Star Wars. That doesn't mean they have that kind of deep knowledge we're talking about. Right. Yeah, I mean right. maybe, right? Um that being said, if 
if Ryan Johnson and Mark Hamill are both quote unquote fans of Star Wars to a similar degree, because we don't know, like if all, all things being equal, I would still listen to Mark Hamill over Ryan Johnson about who Luke is and what his character would or wouldn't do because Mark has to put himself in the mind of the character. He's ex as an actor, he's explored who Mark, who Luke is, what Luke has done, what Luke has gone through to, to, to play the character convincingly. Mark would know more than all things being equal, the director of the film. Yeah, but also at that point he hadn't done it in thirty-five years. It doesn't matter, <laughs> right? Like he still, well, but it, he would so still have to, as an as an actor, as a professional actor, he would still read some books, figure some like read the script, read other media about the like Henry. Uh, I was going to say Henry Cavill, but Henry Cavill's a massive nerd. He would be the other exception to that rule where you listen to him about what mm -hmm. his character playing. Anyway, um, I'm trying to think of anybody else. Um, well, so I'll give you an example. We'll say Ant-Man, right? Okay. I don't think Paul Rudd read, read an Ant-Man comic once in his life before playing the character. But going into the role, he probably read a lot of Ant-Man comics, a lot of Avengers comics that had Ant-Man in them. Right, so he might not have the same depth of no lore knowledge that somebody growing up with it would have, but because he's trying to enter the mindset of the character to convincingly portray his version of it, he would consume that information about him. He would learn about the character, where he came from, who he is, what you know, what I mean, like. As an actor, that's that's one of the things that they would do if they care about the role they're playing. Yeah. And Mark well, Hamill and most again, certainly cares about every role he plays. And and again, we don't know. You know, maybe maybe Paul Rudd's been collecting Ant Man comics since he was ten. Like we we just don't know, right? But it's like, true. I think a great example of this is Elijah Wood playing Frodo. Right, Elijah Wood. Like while they're on set for fellowship of the ring any scenes that don't involve frodo elijah wood is sitting there with the novels because he's very curious to find out what the hell happens yeah <laughs> like he had never read he didn't know right so anyways all that aside yeah. that's what's happening we have a new star wars film coming it sounds based on like based on what mark hamill is saying that we may have seen him portray luke for the last time uh but you know, ultimately, we just don't know. Yeah. Sticking with Star Wars. I think a dump truck of money in the right script, and he'd be sure. Wow, sure yeah, for anybody, right? Um, sticking with Star Wars, you and I recently talked about the Obi Wan series, right? Yep. We reviewed and it. No, we didn't. We didn't review we it. We didn't. No, it was before our time. We weren't a thing. Before our time. We weren't a we, thing. We didn't, we didn't start this union until after. It's pre-us. Yeah. Um, but we certainly, like, off mic, off camera, we talked about it. Yeah. Right? As as good friends and, and Star Wars fans. I think we talked about it a little bit on mic, too, but not, not we may Maybe, yeah. Um, you know... It, all of these Disney Plus things, like many of the Star Wars ones, 
um, and many of the, especially the MCU ones, have been presented as limited series, right? As a one season. It's six to eight episodes. That's it. This isn't season one. It's just a series. And one of those that was presented as a limited series was the Obi-Wan series. A series that certainly had its ups. It definitely had a lot of downs. Like, a lot of downs. Like, we were just, you know, we were a lot, yeah. There was, yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Just not, Yeah. Um, and when it ended, I mean, Ewan McGregor had been pining to play the role of Obi-Wan again for a very long time and was ecstatic to come back. Ewan McGregor is a massive Star Wars fan. He wants to be a part of this franchise. He loves the character. Um, a massive fan, as we've talked about. Yeah, well, yeah, but he's gone and, you know, there's like, you see all this footage of him, like, sitting in his trailer, watching Alec Guinness footage to, like, just to bridge that gap and get it right and, and blah, blah, blah. And, um... You know, and he's talked about like because his uncle, I think, is in a new hope. Uh, Wedge and Tilly's, yes. Yeah. And so he, like, you know, he talks about like having gone as a kid to see his uncle yeah, in the new not, Star Wars and blah, blah, yeah. blah. Not just a new hope. And he's also in Re- uh, Return of the Jedi and Empire right. Strikes Back. And so there was, there was a statement that Ewan McGregor made in an interview, sort of following. Obi-Wan that he hopes to do it again, right? He was kind of, he was pushing for a season two, like, let's tell more story. Let's do this. I want to be (laughs) Obi-Wan, like, you know, and who, I mean, who wouldn't? I, I, you can't blame the guy. If you're Ewan McGregor and, and you're the guy that's been chosen to play Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. You, you play that until they tell you you're not allowed to play it anymore. Yeah. Um, well, in a recent interview, we kind of got not really an update, but kind of some information on it. So Deborah Chow, who directed season one of, of Obi-Wan, came out and said, you know, it was always intended to be a standalone thing. Like it was, it was intended to be one and done. But anything is possible. But anything is possible. <clears throat> yeah. And also recently in an interview, I believe it was Kathleen Kennedy who was talking about it. And yeah, and Kathleen Kennedy kind of confirmed like, you know, when we did Obi-Wan, we intended it to be just, a, it was just a limited series. However, there's still 10 years between where we left off in Obi-Wan and where we find him in A New Hope. That's yeah. a lot of time. There's a lot of time. There's a lot of story that could be told there. Um, so I I don't know. I don't know if it's going to happen. Obviously, Ewan McGregor wants it to happen. I'm sure that, you know, after 
watching interviews and hearing how much fun it was to come back and to come back with a warm welcome this time, as opposed to just getting crapped all over by fans. Um, I'm sure that Hayden Christensen would love to come back and get in that Vader suit again. Oh, yeah. Even even if they don't have an interaction with each other, because at that point, you know, up until this point, I think an argument can be made that that it's a successful retcon and that it still makes sense with everything that Obi-Wan says in A New Hope. I think if they interact with each other again, you might be kind of pushing that. Yeah. That might be the breaking point. Um, uh, it'd be, you'd but, be better to have Vader have his own spinoff series. Yeah, but I got to tell you, I think this is going to happen because although it wasn't received amazingly, a lot of people watched this show. Like the numbers for this were massive. And I think there was enough good in season one that I think if you were to take season one Focus on what worked really well and make some adjustments based on what wasn't so great. I think you could have a spectacular season two. I'm always down for seeing more Ewan McGregor. And I kind of, maybe foolishly, but I lean towards thinking that this will in fact happen. Carl, you hear all this. Um, you saw Obi-Wan season season one, I guess we'll, we'll call it. Um, obviously you're familiar with you and McGregor playing Obi-Wan. What are your thoughts? Should we get a season two? Will we get a season two? And if we get a season two, what is the story there? What do you tell? And, and most importantly, does season two more heavily feature Liam Neeson now that season one's kind of ended with them sort of rekindling and and Qui-Gon saying, you know, we have we've got a long way to go. Come on, hurry up, let's go, let's chit chat, let's, you know. What are your thoughts? Yeah, uh I'm I'd be in, I think. Um there's yeah, ten years, lots of story to be told. Obi-Wan's not just sitting around doing absolutely nothing. Um and now that he's with the ending of the first um, season, if that's what you want to call them now, <laughs> if we that is that what we're calling them now, uh, you you have the opportunity for him to meet for him to be more proactive. Uh, you know, he's found out about the uh, Jedi Underground Railroad uh, of sorts. Uh, he could potentially get involved with that, maybe. Uh, I don't know that he would. I think, I think you just have a Tatooine focused story. It's just, just solely focused on Tatooine. Maybe he has some run in with hut, the huts or, uh, some run, more run ins with the, uh, the, um, Sam people. I don't know. <clears throat> Maybe some gangs, just some, uh, keeping Luke safe, safe stuff. I don't know what the story would be, um, but yeah, like he's he's definitely more prone to be proactive and connected to the force now. So yeah, like what does that what does that look like? How does he spend those ten years? Is there an interesting story there? I think there could be. Um, 
I've not read the comic book series that this kind of of is supposed to be based on, but I, from what I do know, it's not anything close to what we got in the show. So there's a story there somewhere, obviously. Um, yeah, I mean, I would, uh, I'd give it a try. I didn't mind the Mm -hmm. first one. I thought it ended like the last couple episodes were definitely really cool. Where in the timeline is it before what we got in Obi Wan, or is it after what we got in Obi Wan, where Obi Wan finally must be after, where he finally faces off against and 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 finally kills Darth Maul on on Tatooine? It's after. Yeah, um, we could get a live action version of that. It is. It has got to be just a couple uh, within within like four or five years, maybe yeah. even less. Uh, when does Obi Wan? You get Ray Parker back, and and you do that. Man, that'd be the fans would go nuts. Fans would go nuts. Uh, you, you doing some research yeah. here? What's happening? I'm just yeah. googling if I yeah. I can put what year. Um, that's 32. That's not. I mean, it must be. Because if you think about it, he shut himself off from the force. Right? So it was like he's been he's been hanging out on Tatooine, not capable of doing what he does in his fight with Darth Maul. Right, so it's only after he kind of reconnects himself, starts wielding a lightsaber again, that that he would be able to have that interaction. I don't know if you're going to yeah. find it, man. Um, There's going to be a no, lot of I'm deep just, digging. Like, so the Rebels series, that happens right near the end of the Rebels series. So maybe that's a better question, is when does the Rebels series end? Well, doesn't it end kind of just before Andor? Shows and movies. Timeline. I'll find this faster than you. Okay, so. No, just let me look at this image. Just let me look at this image. Open image in a new tab. Okay. So, uh, Rebels happens. This, this is the content people are listening for, us Googling things. <laughs> yeah, so Rebels happens after Obi-Wan. Yeah, I knew that, yeah. But like Leading what, kind what, of how just many years Andor. before? Because Rebels is only supposed to take place like over the course of one or two years. Right. So what year does Rebels take place? It looks like it takes place uh, just before Rogue One. So not long before. So within a year. Yeah. So Darth uh, just Maul before Andor. dies within a couple of years. Within within yeah. a, within two years minimum of, yeah. of uh, Luke meeting Obi-Wan in learning about the Force and his daddy and blowing up yeah. the Death Star. Because if I pull up the image of it, 
Yeah, Obi-Wan's like, he's looking more Alec Guinnessy when they have that fight. He's like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah so I've... I, you know, could happen. Could happen. I'd be super down for that. Be super, super down for that. Anyways, okay. Well, moving on. <clears throat> uh, tapping into your love of live action remakes of animated movies. Oh, goody. <laughs> it was announced a little while back that we were getting a live action version of How to Train Your Dragon, which is actually a DreamWorks property. It's not Disney. So, yeah, you know. DreamWorks getting into the remakes. But you know what? I think it like if you if you if you really look at, I mean, the How to Train Your Dragon movies are fantastic. They're so good. Yeah. And if you really look into like, okay, what is the story setting and events that take place in How to Train Your Dragon? You got the recipes for like if it's done right, you've got the recipe for a ridiculously awesome live action movie, like. It, it, it could be fantastic. Well, we now have our casting for the two leads in this, which are Hiccup and Astrid, if you haven't seen the How to Train Your Dragon movies. Um, Hiccup is going to be played by Mason Thames, 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 uh, from the Black Phone movie. Haven't seen it. And The Last of Us actress. I haven't seen it. <laughs> Nico Parker. Um, both of these actors are fantastic in both of those roles. Like, incredible. Absolutely fantastic. And I highly recommend... I can't believe you haven't watched The Last of Us. I highly, highly recommend it. Not for the kids. It's not that I don't want to see it. It's that I don't want to pay for every streaming service under the sun to, just to watch everything. That's fair. That's that's fair. Um so, yeah, so we have our casting. And, of course, because the internet is full of a bunch of basement-dwelling morons, the fact that Astrid's actress, Nico, uh, Nico Parker, does not have white skin has led to thousands upon thousands of comments and online petitions and, oh, the movie's already ruined and it's garbage and they don't know how to. You morons. You losers. You stupid, stupid assholes. Like, I just don't know how else. It's 2023. I don't know how else to respond to that crap anymore than, oh, she's not white in the cartoon, or she's white in the cartoons. She, now you have non white actress playing it. Shut up. Shut up. Like, I, I just, I don't even, I can't wrap my head around this. And you've got all these, like, straw man arguments. Well, in the cartoon, like, you know, the story of it is that they're these Nordic, Norwegian, blah, blah, blah. I, okay, okay, okay. Let's break that down for a second. First of all, 
inspired by Norwegian culture, maybe. Except for the fact that there are a bunch of horned-wearing Vikings, which, by the way, never actually existed in real... That's a fictitious depiction of Vikings. There are these horned-wearing Vikings that are hanging out with dragons. A group of people who have never existed in the history of, of, of the world. A group of people who live alongside, train, and fly dragons. And... By the way, because we like to get, you know, if we're getting technical here, they're all Norwegian. Right, except for everybody in this film having a thick Scottish accent. So, so in fact, we're not really that uptight about about whether or not it's true to Norwegian culture. You're just a bunch of racist asses. You're a bunch of people who have seen someone who doesn't have white skin and you're getting bent out of shape because you don't have dark skin and so the character in this movie can't have dark skin either. I don't know. It. Can you tell I'm worked up about this? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> is it? Is, it's coming across? <laughs> I, think, I think you might need to tone it down a bit. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's just you know, at this attack, point, like attacking a person's intelligence isn't a good counter argument. Well, <laughs> the rest of it neither, was a good counter argument, but but, uh, but here's the first the thing. part wasn't. <laughs> but here, no, nah, but here's the thing, though. When when you're a young female actor who's been cast in a role, and you're getting Instagram inbox messages, you're getting comments like all of your Facebook posts, your Instagram posts, your whatever are getting bombarded with racist comments about how you shouldn't be in this film and you're going to ruin this film and you should just quit acting. If you're the person doing that, I have to question your intelligence. I have to question your ability to function as a human being. <clears throat> If, yeah. if that is w how you're spending your spare time, like I have to, yeah. it's just, it's, but, it's bizarre. Yeah. I, yeah, I think, <laughs> I think it's overboard. Like I've, I've said this before. I like this. I think this is great casting. I don't have a problem with it. I haven't seen them in either of them, but I think the casting is fine. But the, the people you're referring to, the people who have a problem with this, they are a loud vocal minority. They they are fewer than than we believe them to be because the internet allows them to be more prevalent than they should be. So I think having like she doesn't deserve any kind of backlash she's getting for this. She was chosen for the part. She didn't, you know, like it's it's not it's not on her that she's she's playing the role. She she's agreed to it. That's that's the only thing that should be put on her but it, there's no problem with her playing the role period right i'm in, I'm in agreement there yeah no but, and i'm not saying i'm not the, saying this is the majority any, any backlash she's everybody. getting any private messages she's getting those people are scum but yeah they're a minority and i don't think that minority deserves uh the the amount of vitriol you're giving them 
Well, they, they deserve the vitriol, but I don't think they deserve it on even our platform, which is very small and minor because they're not worth it. Yeah. Right. No, it's you, just, you're, you know, you're, you're, all you do in my, in my opinion, all you do is you're throwing, you're throwing more, uh, fuel on the fire. You're giving them, you're giving them what they're looking for, which is attention. <laughs> yeah. And it's not worth it. No, I, it, it's, it's, it's better to, again, to, I'm, to, to look at the bright side and ignore, again, and ignore I'm, the idiots. Oh, and I am ecstatic about this casting. Yeah. I think this is a fantastic casting. It's just such a shame. And again, I'm not, it's not, it is not the majority. It is not. But when, like, her most recent Instagram post is a, a screenshot of the post that I've, the article I've sent you. Right, that they that these two actors have been cast. And I don't even have to like skip through comments on this. It's but you look nothing like Astrid. And one person, I'm amused by the double standard with which they excuse blackwashing that they are doing by saying they are fictional characters. I'm sure the black community would drop to their knees screaming if they made uh, Tiana, the actress or the character in um, Princess and the Frog, white. My point is, if a white character is turned black, it's fine. But if a black character is turned white, it's not. Like, just what are you doing? <laughs> like, what are you doing? Right? I thought, uh, what's this is a fantastic one here? Absolutely, just like pinnacle of uh, of human human intelligence. Where was it? Oh. I thought they were supposed to be Scandinavian. What happened to uh, ethnic inclusivity? <laughs> like, uh, I just, it's, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy to me that, that these people exist, right? Again, like you said, a loud vocal minority. But it's like, then, then don't, like, as you've said in the past, then vote with your wallet. Like, if you're really that bent out of shape, then don't go see the movie. Don't go see the movie. And I, and, and I say that not as in like a, you know, hoping you will anyways. I hope, I hope that you don't go see the movie. Because I will probably go see this movie and... I don't want you sitting next to me. <laughs> like, I just, I, like, it's, it's, yeah, it's so bonkers. And it happens with everything. Like, it's not just this, it's not just the race thing, right? Like, it's, it's, ooh, Twilight Boy's been cast as Batman. I'm not going to go see it. Great. That's how you chose to spend your internet time today? <laughs> like, I, wh what are you doing? What are you doing? But anyways, yeah, I'm ecstatic for this casting, as you've said already, like, y you look at it, and, and yeah, I mean, we've said many times, you get the best person for the role. You get the best person for the role. Yeah. That's all there is to it. You get the best yeah. person for the role. And, you know, like, I I do think that sometimes the, the color of an individual's skin to portray that role m may play play a part but in this case it's not that like she's close enough that i don't care 
Right. Well, and like as we've said, it all depends on whether or not the ethnicity of a character is intrinsic to yes. who that character is. Right? Yeah. You can't have a European Black Panther because it is intrinsic to that character that he is from Wakanda. He is the Wakandan king. Yeah. But another example I used was I have no issues with Asian or Punjabi or black or Mexican Superman. Yeah. Because <laughs> and he's we've, we've, we've differed It doesn't on this make before. a difference. I, I think it does. Right. Because that's what the character's been. That's what it should be. And like, I want to center back to the, this argument real quick because I had a thought about this. You, you, um, on a previous episode when we talked about this, you said that the creators were racist. No, 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 no. You, you I said, said that. No, I. Was I'll a, tell you what, what I said. You correct me, please. It was correct a me. I don't much, want to take you out of context. It was that it was a much more racist time. Racist time, and that right. okay. you that predominantly like if you go back and you look at depictions of characters like anytime from the 20s when when superman was created if there are depictions of of black characters they don't hold up <laughs> like they they haven't aged well like it wasn't it wasn't right. a time that, where you yeah. know Okay, I, I'll give you that point, but that doesn't make the creators racist in any way. No, I agree because they're, they're agree. just they're depict they're depicting a hero in the color of skin that they are. It doesn't like when you play, and I think the perfect kind of uh, kind of um, parallel here is when you play a video game and you make and there's a character creator in it. What do you make that character look like? Well, you make them look like yourself. Exactly. Right? So it doesn't... Well, absolutely. Yeah. So the fact that Superman's white, you're right. It's not super intrinsic to who he is, but it, it's, it's respecting what came before, respecting the people who created him. That's how they created him. That was their vision for who he is. There's nothing wrong like... Why? Why do we have to change it? There's no. There's no. Oh, you don't need have to. to. It's not a necessity. Saying, no. to. And nobody's saying you no. have to. But there's also no issue in doing so, right? That if you're going to do a, a you know, hey, we're doing a new take on this. We're yeah. going to do it a little bit differently, you know. Uh, and I'm not. And it just I'm not dying on this hill <laughs> as a no. as a point of order. But uh, it's it, it is something like. It's, it's, it seems semantical, like changing it just because is not a reason to change it. No, no. But if, if you found the actor who you think is going to best portray your vision of this character and the story that you want to tell with this character, and that character happens to be not of the skin color that that this character has traditionally been portrayed in, that shouldn't be a sticking point. That shouldn't be like, wow, well, you know, we'd absolutely love to cast. I, I, I don't know. Give any. We'd ab absolutely love to cast this Mexican player to be our new Batman. But you know, Batman's never been Mexican in the comics, and 
and blah, 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 and, you know, yada, yada, and you go, okay, so, like, who cares? <laughs> so do it anyways. If you found this person and he's your new Batman, then he's your new Batman, and and you just do it. Like, you know, it is what it is, but... So anyways, I'm pumped about this casting. You've said you've got no issues with it either. Um, I don't know the actors, but yeah, I don't. <laughs> yeah, it seems no, like- if anything, you're just butthurt that it's a live action remake of a cartoon. And, yeah. <laughs> and enough of a beloved cartoon, and- yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Speaking about people who traditionally get butthurt, it's Finn Diesel. Mm. Now. Yeah. That guy's got a continual stick up his butt about somebody these days. He very famously has had this long feud now, very public feud, like not just like a feud that they had and then it kind of leaked. This was a feud that like took place, like they were taking shots at each other over social media. It was a very public feud between Vin Diesel and Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, obviously, who came in and I'm sorry, but saved the Fast and the Furious franchise from whatever you want to call it, bankruptcy, from just flopping out of existence. If you look at the numbers, you look at the numbers of the movies, the Fast and the Furious movies before, and then as soon as Dwayne The Rock Johnson joined, he was Viagra for that franchise. He brought it back to life. And then they had a falling out. They had a massive falling out. And Vin Diesel said, oh, you know, Dwayne Johnson will never be in another Fast and the Furious movie. And and Dwayne Johnson said, F Vin Diesel, I'll never be in another. Fa-. Like, <laughs> they were just done with each other. They were completely done yeah. with each other. And, well, that's recently changed. For those of you who don't know, um, Dwayne Johnson, I, I don't consider this a spoiler. Dwayne Johnson does appear in the post credit scene of the new Fast and the Furious movie. So they've they've mended some bridges. I don't know if they've mended all the bridges, but they've mended the bridges that matter in order to get Dwayne Johnson to show up in a post credit scene. Hey, it was probably it's a also been a decision. Well, it's well, I don't know. You two it's play also, nice or else. <laughs> it's also been announced that Dwayne the Johnson, Dwayne the Johnson, Dwayne the Johnson, <laughs> that The Rock, Dwayne the Johnson's a, Rock. <laughs> hey man, I'm hopped up on cold meds. Um, that Dwayne Johnson will be appearing in, um, a upcoming. It's kind of like a sequel to the Hobbs and Shaw movie, except it won't have Jason Statham in it. It's just kind of just going to focus around Dwayne Johnson's character. So, anyways, he's back. He, he's back, he's a part of the franchise, blah, blah, blah. Well, I mean, Vin Diesel can't just sit there and not have anyone to be grumbly about. In the new Fast and the Furious movie, we also have Jason Momoa. You've seen him in all the trailers, he's on the posters, blah, blah, blah. And people are are raving about his poor. They say, you know, it's kind of a shit film, but Jason Momoa is fantastic in it. Well, Vin Diesel doesn't like that. He doesn't like to share the spotlight. And Vin Diesel is, quote-unquote, embarrassed. Jason is being branded as the only bright spot in the film and stealing his thunder in the franchise that he has built. Jason knows 
He's the flavor of the moment, and Vin's jealous of him. But he doesn't appreciate Vin trying to poison the public against him. <laughs> this is a potential Hollywood's next biggest fraud. Or feud, not fraud. Feud. Um, and, that, of course, that comes from uh, Eric Swan over at Cinema Blend. Ah. Uh, I mean, here's the thing. And maybe maybe this will be unpopular amongst the Vin Diesel fans. But but Vin, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to talk straight to Vin for a second here. Yeah, sure, you're in the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, but I mean you're kind of barely in them. <laughs> you right? you say uh three words over and over again. <laughs> over and over. If not for this Fast and the Furious franchise, no one would even remember who you are. Anymore. Oh, his career would be dead. Dead in the water. It should have died with that triple X film. Like the first triple X film was okay. Well, he wasn't even in the second one. Was he? Exactly. No. The second one was with Ice T. Was it Ice T? So the Riddick Riddick was good. Riddick was good. I actually like him. There's a, sort of a cheesy, stupid kids sort of comedy that he's in called The Pacifier. Yep. I like that. Pacifier, uh, Pitch Black, the Riddick films. Yep. And I do enjoy him in the Fast and the Furious movies, but he's he's not some massive star. Well, and he doesn't have any charisma on screen. Which is why no. he works so well playing someone like Riddick. Because yeah. Riddick is an uncharismatic tough guy. <laughs> He's very monotone. Yeah. Um it's why he can play Groot, because he just so he's, says he, two he, words. He, he, <laughs> you're not a massive star, Vin. You are a star and a producer and and you know, sort of a figurehead of a massive franchise. No. And that's yeah. keeping food on your table. <clears throat> but you are not a massive star. And Jason Momoa is a massive star. Yeah. And Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> and Dwayne the Rock Johnson is a massive star and charismatic as hell. Right? These people that you're bringing into your films, there was a, a, a slew of films there where Charlize Theron was in them. Massive star. And so you you kind of have to understand my not really a friend that if you want your films in this, if you want to remain relevant, A, you got to keep this franchise going. And if you're going to keep this franchise going, you are going to have to continue to bring people in who are bigger and better than you to carry this franchise for you. Because otherwise it's done. And you're done. And I mean, you know, I'm sure that once Fast and the Furious is done, because now Vin Diesel will be a hot off the Fast and the Furious franchise, that he'll get some new franchise or he'll be cast in something or you know, whatever. And maybe that will take off. Maybe it won't. I don't know. I kind of don't give a shit. I just, 
I don't know. It, it's just, it's childish. It's very childish. It's he's, just He's childish. a big, bald baby. It's what he is. <laughs> like, we talked a while back about how, you know, Dwayne the Rock Johnson wasn't looking so hot anymore after he kind of got in and was, like, meddling with Shazam 2, and he was kind of like, you know, want to be the king of the castle of the whole little DC Black Adam thing and, and so on and so forth. But compared to this... The Dwayne The Rock Johnson stuff is just like, you know, all right, he had a bad day. Well, I, he, he had a bad day, we sorted it yeah, out. Like, it, the two are, are, I don't think, are even comparable. Like, the Dwayne The Rock Dwayne Johnson issues with the DCU were Dwayne having his own vision to promote, help promote his brand and pushing that narrative and trying to push that through the studios and it falling flat on his face and but he he's like he never made a real really made a really big public deal about how it's not worked out in his favor it's never even leaked that he's said anything quietly behind scenes which this article is no, all he's about he's not whining about it about Vin Diesel whining to his co-stars his buddies on the set about how Jason Momoa is better than him news flash he is. He is. <laughs> <laughs> he is. So I, yeah, I don't know. It's that's kind of yeah. it's it's that's like, sort of the long and short of the story. But basically, Vin Diesel's just being a big bitch again, and uh, and his butt hurt that the massive star that yeah. he brought in for this film did just that there's, there's, and was a massive star. It, you know what it is. This is what it is. This is Vin Diesel having a lack of gratitude to the 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 people to his co-stars oh yeah right like you you just you landed for your film like i don't know i guess he vin diesel's got a pretty big role in creating these films right like he's a producer or something on them uh yeah he's he's at least a producer. He didn't yeah. start out that way. Like the first, like the Fast and the Furious. He's just, he's just a dude yeah. in it. But he's got. He's not like, even in the second one. He's gonna have some say in who's in the film at this point. Uh oh yeah. So like yeah for sure. You you landed Jason Momoa for your film. Be grateful. <laughs> this is you being yeah. an ungrateful dick because jo Jason Momoa acted <laughs> like the, the one the one um the the one paragraph in here uh, uh yet per a source the Dominic Toretto actor has been telling those in his inner circle that his co-stars scene stealing and overacting was detrimental to the movie I'm sorry it would not take much I've seen a couple I've seen the first three of these films if they continue on even from what that is, I doubt they've improved in the acting quality. It would not take a lot for somebody to act better than what's happening in those films. No. It's I would not call it overacting. I would call it quality acting. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sorry, a franchise that you built, I mean Yeah. It's yeah, not built like on I'm, his back, that's for sure. I'm trying to go back and see when he started producing them because just as big an argument, like obviously even though he's unfortunately not around anymore 
just as big as of an argument can be made that Paul Walker built this franchise. Yeah. <clears throat> right. Yeah. So he doesn't. The first time, the first time Vin Diesel has a producer credit is not until the fourth one. So I, and he's not even in the second one. He makes a brief appearance at the end of the third one. Like, I just, just, just shut up. Yeah. Just shut up. Yeah, like, up. I'm just, I'm looking at, like, the the title pictures. I just Googled Fast and Furious fr- films. So I've got all the movies in front of me with just, like, one picture. And he's he's one of four faces in the first one. He's not even in yep. the second one. Paul Walker is the only one in the third one. He's not in the fourth one. Uh, no, Paul Walker. Neither neither of them are really in the third one. It was a total departure. Well, Paul Walker's in the second. Turbocharged. One. Uh, the Tokyo Drift thing is just a totally different prequel to Fast and the Furious. Oh, this is a prequel. There's a prequel called Turbocharged. Mm, that might be like a tagline on the front of a. The Turbocharged poster. prequel to Fast and the Furious. What year did it come too, out? Too Fast, Too Furious. It's a prequel to Too Fast, Too Furious. Came in 2003, same year as Too Fast, Too Furious. Oh, that might be like a short film or oh, something. Oh, it's only six minutes. That's an Never mind. Movie. That one doesn't get Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. The Turbocharged Prelude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So you've okay. got one, he's on the cover with four people. Two, he's not even on the cover. Three, not even on the cover. Uh, four, he's on the cover. He's on the cover from there out. Yeah. And but, usually, but from there out, the biggest phase, like but. Fast and Furious, Fast and Furious. Oh, the naming thing is stupid. Los Balados. That's got to be the same film. Yeah, it is the same year. Just once. I don't know. That's weird. Um, Fast Five. Fast Five has got the rock in it. Yeah. So and that's when it became successful. You've got like. Pre, prior to Fast Five, you're in two of four films. <laughs> yeah, Fast, it, Fast it took and the, the Rock and Fast Five to really give it some juice, and from and, then and, on, you're also getting Jason Statham and yeah. uh, and this most recent one. You've got um, John Cena, <laughs> and, yeah. yeah, or like. <laughs> And just for a point of reference, this, is, this franchise Furious, is not built on you. I can tell Fast just by looking Furious at cover four. <laughs> Fast and the Furious 4 made $360 million. Fast 5 made $630 million. Almost doubled as soon as Dwayne The Rock Johnson was in it. <laughs> you know what else is funny here? Is he... Okay. Uh, hang on. Hang on. Okay. Okay, fast. I'm look. This is again. I'm just looking at the Google splash page after Google, after Googling it. So, Fast and Furious One. You look down at the casting. <laughs> this is not. This isn't anything really to do with quality of acting or whatever. It's just kind of ironic. Uh, he's he's the first. Vin Diesel isn't the first casting uh, member. In, in no, Paul Walker is. No, for you he is. And Fast, the first one. Well, I mean, if you're looking at the Google Splash page, that's different. For yeah, everybody. I'm looking at the Google Splash page. But if you page, look at the actual billing of the film. Paul Walker in the second one. He's not in the, the to Tokyo at all. We're not going to count that one. Paul Walker, he's first in the Fast Furious. Uh, 
Fast Five. Fast Five. He's the fourth person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyways, moving on. Moving on. Sixty second. Um. So <laughs> fast. This is ridiculous because it means nothing, but it's just funny. Fast seven. He's the fifth person <laughs> listed. Yeah. See, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Um. Moving on. So you and I had been talking about um when we went. We both saw. We didn't review because again, it was before our time. But um, Spider-Man: No Way Home. Actually, no, we did. Were you were you a part of that review? I was because I sat in a theater with Pete and he grabbed my leg. Oh, so it was it was back when you were a guest. Like you yeah. weren't a part of the show, a part of the show. But you were, yeah, okay. So yeah, you and I, you and I did talk about Spider-Man: No Way Home. And one of the things that we talked about then, I think we've talked about it a couple of times since, was whether or not we would get a a follow-up. Was it done? Or were we going to see a Spider-Man 4 with Tom Holland? And we kind of said at the time, you know what? You could go either way. If, if this is it and it's done, then you know what? They put a nice little button on it. And and it's good the way it is. Um, but if not, then we're also you've you've set up something super wicked, and we're we're game for a lot more. And then there was even like some some interviews from Tom Holland that kind of shed some. Um, it shed some doubt on it. You kind of, you know, like they kept saying, like, this is our last time playing these characters like this and blah, blah, blah. And, and they kept kind of saying, like, like this. So it was like, it, it, it kind of cast some doubt. Like, what, what do you mean? Well, is it your last time playing these characters or is it your last time playing these characters as they are and they're going to be totally different moving forward? Like, what what does that mean? Well, we found out a little while back that it seemed like we were getting another Spider-Man movie and now it is official that meetings have started. The meetings have begun we're in the process of just starting to put some pen to paper, figure out what this story is going to be, but it's been halted. And the reason it's been halted is because of the writer strike, and not because, um, not not simply because, well, you know, we're in the process, we're going to write it, and we can't write it because there's a writer strike. They've halted everything. They've halted meetings. They've halted talking about it. They've halted any sort of planning. And the reason they're doing this is um, they're not alone in doing this. A lot of different productions have started doing this. But essentially, Spider-Man 4 has halted their production in solidarity with the writer strike. Basically being like, you know what, if if... You're not going to pay these guys properly. 
then we're going to cause all kinds of hubbub by by just not working on these big films. And so, you know, you guys can either sit and the studios can start losing all kinds of money and the theaters can lose money and everyone can lose money and this can be miserable for everyone. Or you guys can hike up your socks, pay the writers what they're asking for, and and we can all get along and things can be good. Um, what are your thoughts on this? Your thoughts on the fact that A, Spider-Man 4 is coming. It is happening. It is happening, baby. And B, the fact that it's halted, and not halted out of necessity, but halted out of, you know what, you guys are getting screwed over, so we're just going to kind of sit on this as well, and we're going to stand alongside you in this strike. That's it? You're not asking the question? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, I thought you might prattle yeah. on a bit more. <laughs> no, I said, I said, what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, but then you continued to talk. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I, uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I'm excited for more Spider-Man, especially a Tom Holland Spider-Man. I think he's he's my favorite Spider-Man to date. He he uh, he tops out, um, which is interesting. You know, it just occurred to me because uh, isn't um, Tobey Maguire um, Pete's favorite Spider-Man? Uh, I think so. Yeah. So between the three of us, we each cover the spider-man bases in terms of favorite favorite live action spider-man yeah anyway Andrew Garfield's um, fine. <laughs> yeah i i think it's i'm excited about more spider-man yes please uh stopping production in terms for with solidarity of the strike okay sure whatever people people deserve to get paid what they're what they're worth um uh, and make it happen yeah. Yeah. What do you, where do you want to see this go? Spider-Man four, like given the story that we had hmm. and where Peter is kind of left at the end of no way home. Yeah. In so Spider-Man four back to home or home for good, or uh, I don't know what you bring it, it home the title or it, it'll have home in it. We they've, know that they've, That's they've all we know. set up. A number, a couple of interesting storylines they could pursue. They could pursue yep. the symbiote Spider-Man, Vulture and Scorpion. Uh, pardon? Vulture I, I and was Scorpion. Just like, I, yeah, I was just going in order. That the first one they kind of set up in that post-credit scene of Homecoming. Oh, yeah, is when yeah, Vulture yeah, that's gets an to prison one. and Scorpion's there. Yeah. yeah, but it's still it's still a Tom Holland one, right? Yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't. So you got yeah. There's. There's kind of the older ones, yeah. There's that that you could do that. They they could um, do a Sinister Six thing at this point. They've got enough films under their belt. You know, you you got Vulture, Scorpion. You could have a um, Mysterio come back as a different person playing a different character in the story, being Mysterio, like Mysterio the original. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal's Mysterio is dead, but that doesn't mean somebody else can't pick up the mantle because it's all tech based, right? It's yep. not like in the comic books where he was very much about uh, magic, um, quote unquote magic, like yeah, uh, misdirection magic, theatrical, which is, which is a very theatrical magic, yeah, which is a very learned skill. 
So which would be hard for somebody else to take up the mantle. In this case, yeah. the guy's just got to be smart enough to use the tech, which he had a whole team helping him. So it wouldn't be hard necessarily for somebody else to pick up the mantle of Mysterio. Yeah. So that's three out of six right there. Um, And the other three could easily be thrown in there pretty quick. So you've got, yeah, that you got those storylines you could push. You got the symbiote is now on earth. Uh, in the term, because Eddie Brock left a little bit of behind, right? Somehow that little black goop could make its way from sunny Bahamas or wherever Eddie Brock was <laughs> to New York and attach itself to Spider-Man. We could have a black suit Spider-Man storyline again. Uh, maybe done without the dancing and weirdness. Um, <laughs> uh, what else is there? There is, um, uh, they, I don't think you could use in terms of like a villain. I don't think you could use any of the villains from the other, from the multiverse that were brought in from, uh, for, um, the last film for no way home. Like, I don't think you could, like, you could do Doc Ock again, Sandman, Electro. You could do all those characters again with new actors because it's the multiverse. It's some, you know what I mean? Like, he could fight his version of Doc Ock. But, you know, it's already been, like, he's already had that interaction with him from a different universe. I think you would do the film, the character, and the opportunity to tell interesting stories with characters villains who haven't been on the silver screen yet you would do do to be a great disservice to all that right yeah. like do you've because spider-man is like batman he's got a rogues gallery a mile long right you could you could do oh, he's got the best marvel rogues gallery for sure yeah like you could do a rhino you could do um craven the hunter you could like well we've had rhino we, we've had Rhino in a different universe, not in this one. Yeah, right. We've got. I'm, I'm saying the, you couldn't. You. It would be a disservice to use somebody he's already interacted with. Right. That's from a different universe. From the from Craven the, the Hunter film. one is interesting because we do have like this fall, we have a Craven the Hunter movie with Aaron Taylor Johnson coming out from Sony. Yeah, and that will so, be part of the. Um, it's part of the Venomverse. Venomverse, yeah. But if we're talking in terms of, you know, it's technically Tom Hardy's symbiote that that could potentially cause issues. Like, right, they're, they're not completely closed off from each other no. in a way. No, that, they're not. Well, know, they've, they've been they connected mingle. now and are kind of connected via the symbiote. Another, via, well, like, via the multiverse, how, yeah. What's his buddy again um, that doesn't Ned? remember anymore? Ted. Ted, there's Ned. there's lots of fan theories out there that Ted could become Hobgoblin. It's 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 Ned, but Ned, right? Yeah. Sorry. Well, because he does in the comics. Ned Ned <laughs> is one of the Hobgoblins from the comics. Right. Um. Yeah. But so, I mean, I don't know if you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they would do that. I don't know Shocker if I can could, see that could become a bigger threat again. Like he's still yeah. out there. 
Yeah. Um. Yeah. Kingpin. You could you could run you could have a run in with Kingpin. Kingpin right. Who has been established world. in the MCU? Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. Who else? Uh, Black Cat Black, could be an Black interesting. Black Cat would be pretty cool. Yeah, could be a co- cool, um, uh, interesting. Because um, Black Black Cat's kind of one of those characters that plays the hero when it suits her. So she yeah. could be an antagonist, but also a, a protagonist at the same time in the film. I'm holding out for Mister Negative. I think Mister that- Negative would be interesting. Yeah, to see the MCU take on Mr. Negative. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, it's exciting. I I hope we get it sooner than later. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, obviously don't rush it, but I mean, he's so good. We just, I just watched Endgame again last night and I'm just like, ah, oh. it's just. Ooh, a doppelganger yeah, would be interesting. Oh yeah. Or I'm just chameleon. scrolling through a big list of. <laughs> Of all the Spider-Man villains. Spider-Man villains. Dop- for those that don't know, Doppelganger, I believe he's a clone, like a screwed up clone or something. Doppelganger like dresses and looks like Spider-Man, but has like eight legs and hands. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Moving on to our final topic. James Gunn. And we've never talked about him before on this show. Never. First time. First time for James Gunn, according to Variety, James Gunn may have his Superman. Interesting. Dum, dum, dum. Um, Former Bold and the Beautiful star Pearson Foday. If you open the article I sent you there, there's some pictures. Both a topless underwear photo (laughs) and just sort of a, a headshot. Um. He's 31. He's been in a couple of things. I think he was in, was he in a couple episodes of The Flash? Or uh, what was he in? He's had some, let's see, Pearson Fode. (laughs) He's had some superhero property experience in the past not that that's necessary or really no he's in uh he's in an episode of supergirl uh so he's in an episode of supergirl he's a pretty boy isn't he (laughs) he's like here's the thing looks aren't everything (laughs) having said that i look at this image and i go I could see Superman. Yep. You tell me that's Superman. You put some some blue tights underneath that black underwear, and that's Superman. (laughs) And I mean, you look at that that black underwear shot of him that you can find. It's on his Instagram. He wouldn't have to beef up much. I don't think he'd have to beef up at all. Like... They would maybe want the only thing I could think is like to fill the suit out and make the suit look right. They might want his chest to be a little bit bigger, mm. but but the guy's jacked. Yeah, the, the yeah. guy's absolutely <clears throat> jacked. I I, now, I I said it when we did our fan casting. I don't think like 
Superman doesn't have, in my mind, Superman doesn't have to look like uh, Dwayne Johnson. Like he should look no. muscly and fit, but he doesn't have to look impossibly unhuman. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have to look godly. Yeah. Um, it, James Gunn has said the next Superman has to be someone who has all the humanity that Superman has, but he's also an alien. It's got to be someone who has the kindness and compassion that Superman has and somebody who you want to give a hug. Now, I'm not feeling overcome with feelings of needing to hug this guy, but... I don't know. Are you looking at his Instagram? There's a picture of him where he, all he's holding is a hay bale and nothing else. And uh, and that makes you want to hug I mean, him? I could hug that. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> him or the I don't hay have bale? attraction towards men, but I'd hug him. <laughs> oh, him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at it now. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, ultimately, I don't know what this guy's <laughs> like as an actor. Um, looks wise. Yeah. I mean, if you go through this guy's Instagram, especially a couple where he's got, you know, he's kind of styled his hair in that Superman-esque well, the one vibe. He's the got the chin. Suit. Yeah. That looks... He's got the dimple chin. Yeah. I don't know, man. I If this is Superman, if they announce tomorrow that this guy is Superman, I am uh I, you know, I'll probably start diving in and seeing like, okay, I'll look up clips oh. of stuff he's been in and be like, okay, he's... can the guy act or is he just a pretty face? Um, but if he can act, then he's definitely got the face. He's definitely got the body, and I've I'm forever in the 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 camp of I I believe wholeheartedly in James Gunn, <clears throat> and if James Gunn goes, this is the guy, then then I'd be a fool not to, you know, not to okay. sit there and go, okay, well then this is the guy. <clears throat> I I have seen something he's been in. Okay. Back when you watched a lot of Bold and the Beautiful? No, he was in Man from Toronto. He was in Man from Toronto. He it was, was a small role. In Man from Toronto, he was the man from Miami. Yes. A, a, yeah. And yeah, that was a really good film. And Really? Although his, his, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, it's got Woody Harrelson. I mean- that's fair. Not like Woody Harrelson and anything he touches. Woody Harrelson, but, Kaylee Cuco, Kevin Hart. <laughs> uh, yeah, but he, he, yeah, he, um, yeah. So he was like, uh, in 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 this world, the assassins, hitmen, they their names are based on the cities they're from. So Woody Harrelson is the man from Toronto, and so he, so our Pearson Fode plays the man from Miami. And there's a bit of a scuffle between him and Harrelson. And yeah, I mean, good action scenes. So <laughs> he doesn't have a big role in it, but it's it good. seems weird that as a hitman, you would wa like want to advertise where you're geographic. From. Like, you're, <laughs> yeah, you're just like helping narrow down or, your or location you, for the authorities. Maybe it makes it makes it easier for your clients to hire you if they don't want to pay for your travel expenses. Mm, I mean, if you're a hitman, you're, you know, 
If you can afford a good quality hitman, I'm thinking, you know, you're already got the connections you need in order to get in touch with the people <laughs> you need to get in touch with. You know, like the guy's not listing in, in yellow pages, right? Like, yeah. yeah. Anyways, what are your thoughts? Is, is Can you see this guy being Superman? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And while I mean, you I said you already seen, want to hug him. I do want to hug him. <laughs> <laughs> I think, like, visually, he's nailed it. His role wasn't very big in Man from Toronto, which is the only thing I've seen him in. But there was nothing about that film I didn't like, I don't think, that thinking back on it. It's been a while since I've seen it. But, yeah, it oh, fly on my mic. Get lost. Um yeah, which I, I can't. Yeah, I think I think it, he, he's going to be a good fit. I, yeah. I'm with you. I trust James Gunn's pick here. Um, I think it's going to work. Yeah, cool. Well, that's the news. That's it. That's all. That's it. That'll There's do no it. More? There's no more. Oh. I mean, there'll be more next week. Oh, I'm man. already seeing things pop up in my news feed here that I'm like, oh my goodness. Uh, like next week, we'll talk about the fact that apparently the script is already written for the sequel of the Flash film. Now, I don't know what that means. What? I don't know what that means. But we'll talk about that next week. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you check out our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter all listed below. Check out our Patreon. It's a great way to support the show for as little as a dollar a month and get some fun perks in return. Help me pay for um, some probiotics so that I <clears throat> don't sound like this every six weeks. And uh, make sure you check out our merch page, which is about to get a new shirt that was just recommended. Someone wrote in to me, Marshall. Marshall wrote in to me. Marshall was like, hey, you know, you guys, you and Carl said this thing on the news last week, and I'm thinking that's got to be a shirt. So Was it's one of those shirt. weird shirt, shirt suggestions I made at the end? No, it just says, uh, what's it say? It says, put a tinfoil hat on your tinfoil hat. <laughs> I got a room. And I'm like, that it. is a great shirt. <laughs> so keep your eyes peeled for that. The link's listed below. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. That's all I can say. Just Indeed. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Say something witty to send us off. Say something witty to send us off. I. I all right. That's whatever. <laughs> I guess the real response there would have been witty to send us off. But. That's, yeah. Well, you screwed up, didn't you? You screwed up. Or something witty.